0: Welcome, welcome, welcome. I would like to welcome you to another episode of the Unpopular Podcast. This is the man, the myth, the legend, Jalen Hunter. And if you would do me a favor, please subscribe to every listening. Please subscribe to every watching. It definitely means a lot to me. So, doomsday is happening. <laughs> and when I say doomsday, I mean Kevin Durant has requested a trade out of Brooklyn. Now, you're thinking to yourself, Damn, wait, he just went three years ago. And you would be right. Two, three years ago. You know what this decision, this whole situation, Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, Brooklyn, hell, you can even throw in James Harden and Ben Simmons. This Brooklyn situation now is a prime example of a litany. Ooh, I'm using big words. Prime, litany, (laughs) is a prime example of a litany of poor decisions. You see, that's all this is. All of this Kevin Durant requesting to trade, Brooklyn. all this is is poor decisions. El Poro Decisionzo. <laughs> I'm sure that's not how you say poor decisions in Spanish, but I'm going to roll with it. El Poro Decisionzo. You see, poor de- you see poor decisions throughout this whole situation and 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 as a basketball fan as a sports fan in general the writing was there you see one thing that we this situation also shows is talent supersedes all now usually when you hear talent supersedes all That's usually talking about someone that has off-the-field or off-the-court issues. We'll talk about Miles Bridges in a second, but someone that has off-the-field or off-the-court issues. And usually when you say talent supersedes all, that means they're going to get another opportunity because they're just talented, not saying – you know, it's, it's never really in the context of what we're talking about here with Brooklyn. When I say talent supersedes all in this Brooklyn situation, we should have seen this coming. We should have seen this coming from day one because the poor decision started rolling in day one. Let's talk about it. There are. There are three parts to talk about. There's the Kevin Durant part, there's the Kyrie Irving part, and there's the Brooklyn Nets part. Let's start with the with, with the most obvious one, which is Kevin Durant. The poor decision, in my opinion, started when you left Golden State for Brooklyn. Now, I'm not saying it's a poor decision because you're not you, – I I am all for player empowerment. I'm all for players doing what they want to do. So when I say poor decision as far I mean if you wanted to go play in Brooklyn go right ahead you did clearly. But you look at that organization. It's very rare. If you look if you look throughout the NBA just today. It's very rare for an organization to have everything buttoned up or constantly make the right decisions. Now it's easy to say that Golden State is that organization. Clearly now, seeing as though they're coming off winning a championship. But you can even look in the two years that they did make the – yeah, the two years that they did not make the playoff after Kevin Durant left. It really wasn't because they weren't talented as much as you had Kevin Durant – I mean, Klay Thompson was hurt. Steph Curry got hurt. And, of course – you needed to figure out. Sometimes it takes teams time, especially teams at the top, which is why Golden State is still considered a dynasty, even though they didn't make the playoffs those two years. Sometimes it takes time to get it right. You get you get D'Angelo Russell. You trade D'Angelo Russell because you realize, yo, D'Angelo Russell's not going to work with Kevin. I mean, uh, Steph Curry and Clay Thompson. You trade him. Get Andrew Wiggins more. Uh, A lesser version of Kevin Durant, but a better version of Harrison Barnes. You get some, you get some draft picks. You get Kaminga. You get Wiseman. It's very hard. It's very rare. Look at the league. It's very rare to see an organization have it buttoned up. So when you have, when you're in an organization, or you see an organization that is buttoned up, and you are part of said organization, it's. It wouldn't, in my opinion, it wouldn't be the smartest to leave said opportunity or leave said organization to go to an organization that hasn't proven to have it buttoned up. In fact, if you look at the history of Brooklyn. They have a litany of poor decisions, starting pretty much with trading their entire future pretty much to brought to Boston for Paul Pierce or uh, an old Paul Pierce, an old. um uh, Kevin Garnett. I believe Deron Williams was in that trade. And maybe Jared Jared Wallace, too. Gerald Wallace. So you're going from an organization in Golden State that has it all buttoned up. You have one of the top players in the league in Steph Curry. You have one of the best offensive players in the league in Draymond Green. You have one of the best plug-and-play players with Klay Thompson. Now, I understand, you know, it's it, being the man. I get that and I get wanting a new challenge. So I'm not here saying he made I'm not saying he made a a dumb decision. I'm never going to disrespect someone saying you made a dumb decision. But you have to ask yourself. We'll talk about Bradley Bill a little bit later, but you have to ask yourself, what is the most important? Is winning a championship or winning multiple championships more important? Is money more important? is 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 happiness more important you have to figure out what's more important and it seems like for Kevin Durant finding something new you know playing with your best friend at the time or playing with your friend i do not playing with your friend Kyrie Irving that was more important than staying in an organization that you could build with and you know you just got two championships you know what's you could have got more so in my opinion that's poor decision number one. No, it's not. No, it's not. That's not a poor decision because you may, you you did what you were supposed to do in Golden State. You did what you were supposed to do. You went there. You got two championships. You got two finals MVP. The first poor decision, in my opinion, was it wasn't leaving Golden State as much as at this point in the story, you're tied to Stephen Curry. You're tied to Stephen Curry. You, Stephen Curry, are clearly the faces of, well, are clearly the two best players in Golden State. You leave him to attach yourself to Kyrie Irving. That is mistake number one. Now, don't get me wrong. We know that Kyrie Irving is uh, t- uh, uh, is an immense ta- immensely talented player. We know Kyrie Irving, in my opinion, will go down as the greatest handler of the basketball we've ever seen. We I, We know this. We know he's a great under-the-rim finisher. We know his shooting ability. We know all that. But we also know the history of Kyrie Irving as far as asking, I think, the only player in NBA history to, rec- to demand a trade away from LeBron James. Then we know about the debacle that happened with Bo- uh, Boston. And then, of course, we know now with Brooklyn. Some of the decisions that he was making with Brooklyn, but that's mistake number one for Kevin Durant, in my opinion. You, it's not the fact of leaving Golden State; it's the fact of separating yourself from Steph Curry, who is, in my opinion, one of the greatest players we've ever seen. Most people's opinion, one of the greatest players we've ever seen, uh, and actually one of the best teammates you've ever seen. I've heard we've heard nothing but great stories when we talk about Steph Curry as a teammate. Hell, you can even see Steph Curry, who is again go down. A lot of people argue right now, is he top ten, top five, whatever, in all all time. He 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 took a less I'm not gonna say lesser, but he took the reins of the team and said, you know what, I understand who the best player is. Let me let's let me let me minimize some of my game to elevate some of KDs and of course it got them two championships. Would have been three if everyone stayed healthy that 2019, but you separate yourself from Steph, who was a sure thing, one of the best teammates, at least on record that we've seen, and then you go to Kyrie Irving, who has a history of not being the easiest person to 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 be teammates with. Now, understand again the talent. Now, understand he's your friend, but there's a reason why they say. Sometimes the worst person to roommate with is your friend. Now, I'm not saying roommate, you know, Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving live together. But you can kind of use that analogy for playing basketball together. Sometimes I can be, some of my best friends are, are god-awful at basketball. I would never pick them up. That's how, that's how competitive I am. Some of my best friends are terrible at basketball. Terrible. Devereaux is is, is god-awful at basketball. Cass is god-awful at basketball. Never picked them a day in my life. But they're still my friends. But I just know that is not the lane that I want to attach myself to when we talk about my friends. Kevin Durant, even though he's supremely talented, which is Kyrie, he may not be the best teammate. That's mistake number one. And actually, that's kind of where the mistakes... The mistakes... That's kind of where the mistakes end for Kevin Durant. That's a lie. Well, this the last mistake is kind of Kevin Durant's end. Uh, Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. There's a reason why there is a hierarchy in teams. There's a reason why there is a... For lack of a better term, tier system in teams, and what I mean by tier system, there's a reason why there is a owner, GM, coach, players. There is a reason why there is a hierarchy. It keeps things in order. It keeps things the way that they're supposed to be. The GM, we all know the owner because he's owner of the team. The owner usually has the most say, and then, of course, you have the GM. Then, of course, you have the head coach, and you have the players. No one ever says, nobody ever says that the players, I mean, the coach is better at basketball than the players. No one ever says that. There's no There's no one that will, should ever believe that Greg Popovich is a better basketball player than... Tim Duncan or a better basketball player than Kawhi Leonard. You know, no one should ever think, even though he has a lot of rings that Steph, I mean Steve Kerr is a better basketball player than Steph Curry. No one should ever think that ever. But like a job people have people have quote unquote assignments. People know what their job is. And a player's job is to play. A head coach's job is to put you in the best position to win. Whether it's schemes, whether it's drawing the plays. They, The coach's job is to put you in the best opportunity to win. Or put you in the best, yeah, the best opportunity to win. GM's mostly, you know, GM along with some of the head coach and along with some of the owner, their job is to construct the roster, try to get the most people or the best people, the best chemistry, try to get that. That's the GM's job. We talk about drafts. We talk about free agencies. We talk about trades. The GM's job is to construct the team. Now, of course, the player's job is to execute what's supposed to be done. But GM's job is, and owner's job is pretty much, yeah, it's pretty much construct the team. When a player comes in, actually, you know what, this, when a player comes in and says they should have a say-so, and they feel they should have a say-so in the team's decisions as far as who they should bring in, who they should take out, that's not Uncommon. That's not uncommon at all, you know, especially if you're a a top-tier player, if you're a top-tier talent, you want to know who you're going to be playing with. Now, the reason why I said that was a poor decision for Kevin Durant's situation is Kevin Durant has already come out saying that he doesn't really want to be a leader. He said that in go OKC, okay, he said that in, in Golden State, and now he's kinda he kinda said that or he's kind of demonstrated that in Brooklyn. Nothing wrong with that. Not everyone's a leader. Sometimes there's supremely talented followers, but not everyone's a leader. But when you make the proclamation that you want to be, you want to you want to be the person to make or you want to help make decisions for the team. Yet and still, you then, you know, don't talk to the team. You ghost the team after the season. Uh, you, you, you also, I've demonstrated that you don't want to be the leader. So you're, it it, it just, it, it does not work. It doesn't, it, it kind of contradicts themselves. And at that point, the team doesn't know who to follow because I've never I, I've never seen a team with a laid back leader. That's a lie because you have Tim Duncan. But when I what I, what I what I mean by that is I've never seen a team. But Tim Duncan's never also I don't think he's ever come out and said I need I want. I feel I should have personnel decisions. Not saying he didn't have personnel decisions, but I've never seen him or heard him come out and say that. I never seen Steph. Never seen some of the great players say, "Hey, I need organizational decisions." You know, like I, I need help. You know, that should go through me. Not saying it doesn't. Don't get me wrong. Do not hear me saying Kevin Durant's the only person in NBA history that's ever been a superstar and and had and some of the decisions gone through him but I haven't really seen someone outwardly speak it especially with a new coach new head coach a first time head coach in Steve Nash now let's talk about Kyrie Irving uh, I'm there's there's no point of talking about what happened Cleveland, that's over with. There's really no point of talking about what happened in Boston. That's over with. However, those happened. So it's on your resume. So you can't be surprised if people do bring that up in situations like this. Now, I will never sit here and say, that Kyrie Irving is not a talented player. Never. In fact, I would be one of the people to big up Kyrie as far as talent. Kyrie is always, Kyrie is one of the most talented, one of the most skilled players the league has ever seen. So I would never say, never disrespect Kyrie as saying he's not a talented player. But in this case, Kyrie as a player is not the problem. In fact, every single case, again, I'm not going to bring, I'm not going to really discuss what happened in Cleveland. I'm not really going to discuss what happened in Boston. But where it went wrong in Cleveland, in Boston, and now in Brooklyn, has nothing to do with Kyrie the player. It has everything to do with Kyrie the teammate. I understand that everyone's different. Don't get me wrong. I understand that everybody is different. I understand that everyone grooves and moves to the, to the, to the beat of their own drum. And, of course, I wouldn't expect everyone to be the same. That's, that's, you know, everyone comes from different walks of life. Everyone sees life differently. So that's not a problem. but when you are in a team setting there's people that have who people that have played football people that have been in a team setting you understand that there is a level of sacrifice sometimes you don't want to do something but it's always it's for the betterment of the team sometimes you're there's a difference between being hurt and being injured sometimes you're hurt a lot of times you're hurt especially towards the end of the season a lot of player most players are hurt now, injured means you can't play. But hurt, something's hurting, something's ailing. But you can, you can, you know, that's, that's get taking one for the team. Because you're playing in a team setting. I told you, this, this whole situation is littered with poor decisions. I talked about Katie's. Now let's talk about Kyrie's. Kyrie, it started day one with Brooklyn. When you have a new head coach, first time head coach in Steve Nash, you don't know if Steve Nash, Steve Nash could be the next Steve Kerr or he could just be a poor coach. You don't know. But one thing you do not do. It's pretty much day one, undermine a first-time head coach. I don't know if people remember. I know it's on Google, or I know it's on YouTube. Go figure it out. Go find it. I don't know if people remember the the fir- one of the first press conferences that Kyrie had when he pretty much was saying that coaching is not important. You know, this team doesn't really need a coach. Uh, and he, along with the GM and the owner, are going to work together to build this roster and make decisions for this roster. He, along with Kevin Durant, now this was Kyrie's words. That's why I didn't put this under Kevin Durant. But Kyrie said, you know, coaching, is. we don't really need a coach. We're very intelligent players. We don't need a coach. You know, when you have a high IQs like Kevin Durant, when you have high IQs like Kyrie Irving, we don't need a coach. And Kyrie, along with the GM, along with the owner, they're going to get together and make decisions for the team. That was like day one. Again, that you should have seen no one. <laughs> you There's a lot of people. Don't get me wrong. I played college basketball now. I never played in the NBA. I never played professionally. But I played college basketball. And you best believe that there are players that think that they are smarter than the coach. There are players that think that they can coach the team better than the coach because they're the ones on the floor. They're the ones that, you know, the ball goes through their hands. There's players that think that sometimes a coach can draw up something and then not work. And in the back of a player's mind, like, yo, I would have drew up a better play than that. I'm sh- that happens everywhere. But there's different. It's different when you feel that way sometimes, or when you say it to the public day one. One thing I will say: there's a lot of players, like I said, that that believe that they're smarter than the coach. But there's also usually a level of respect for that coach. Like we respect you, we still call you coach. We still love you, coach. Coach makes you run like there's nobody's business. But there's still love there. Coach will yell at you, curse at you, um, call you all types of names out the book. But there, we, you understand that there's a level of love there, and you respect that. You should never. You will never. You. There should never be a time where a coach gets undermined, especially in the media, especially before game one. Kyrie's first mistake. Oh, also like i said when you kind of goes back to when kevin durant said that he needs or he feels that he should have some say so in who he plays with which i completely understand kyrie when he says you know we as far as him the gm the 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 you know the head coach the owner we're going to get together and build a team or build the right team at that point you're saying you're you you're you're saying that you're you are going to be one of the higher ups you're going to you're putting responsibility on yourself that you may not really understand comes with that, especially when you have the track record that Kyrie Irving has so then life happens things things for things unforeseen to us happen you have the insurrection on january sixth you have COVID, you have injuries, things, you have the vaccine mandate, Uh, things happen. And because of things happening, a lot of those things prevented Kyrie from playing. Whether that was, yo, I completely forgot (laughs) that Kyrie Irving took like two weeks off because he felt some type of way about the January 6th insurrection at the Capitol. Two weeks. I also forgot. Now I knew Kyrie didn't go to the bubble. For people that don't remember, during COVID there was a bubble. That's when the Los Angeles Lakers won a championship. They went to Orlando. They were in the bubble for a couple months. Bada bing, bada boom. I remembered that Kyrie Irving did not go to the bubble. I did remember that. One thing that I forgot though was he was actively he was actively like actively vocal about players should not go, knowing that that could completely derail and destroy the players player bargaining agreement, or the bargaining agreement that the players have with the NBA. Completely destroy that. I completely forgot that he was actively telling people, hey, oh, no, you you do not go. And then you get to the most recent poor decision, in my opinion. And that is the vaccine situation. Now, again, I and I've said this time and time again on this podcast, I... I'm not here to tell somebody what to do with their bodies. If you want to get the vaccine at this point, if you have the vaccine, you have it. If you don't have it, you're not going to get it. That's pretty much how it is at this point. But again, it goes back to the team setting. There's sometimes you have to do things that you don't want that you don't want to do for the team. Now, I understand that the vaccine thing is kind of bigger than that. But let's look at another situation of a player that did not want to get the vaccine, did not want to get vaccinated, ended up getting vaccinated and was a very important piece to his team ultimately winning. And that was Andrew Wiggins. Andrew Wiggins was very vocal saying that he did not want to get the vaccine. I don't know if you guys remember that. Andrew Wiggins was very vocal. And saying, I'm not really trying to get the vaccine, you know, for spiritual reasons, this and the third. He even like appealed and signed up bat- or he he tried to get it like he tried to get an exemption. They were like, nah, be nah. Now, of course, Andrew Wiggins hasn't made the same amount of money as Kyrie Irving has made in the league and off the off the court. And the money would have the, the, the loss of money would have hit him differently. But Andrew Wiggins got the vaccine and we see how important andrew wiggins was to golden state ultimately winning the championship this year. He was their second best player the entire final. In fact, he was the well you can ar- no, he was the second best player in the finals next to steph out of both teams. Now, i also understand that Kyrie Irving's situation was different seeing as though you're living in new york they It was a weird rule that you you know you couldn't they didn't allow you to play home games because you're in the state of New York or yeah state of New York it's just it was weird, but that's what it was so Kyrie does not decide to get vaccinated, which means that he can only well at first he didn't play any games they they there was like if you can't play home there's no point in playing away so but a bing bada boom you're not playing at all. But then they realize, oh, shoot, we're kind of falling in the standings. Kyrie, come on. Now, in this, there's a James Harden aspect. And I think that Kyrie Irving's decision not to play was one of the largest reasons why James Harden decided at that point, oh, yeah, no, nah, this is not what it's cracked up to be. They made James Harden force his way out of Houston to play alongside Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. And once you saw that that wasn't going to happen because of Kyrie Irving, like you got to think about it, how the roster was constructed. You have three top people, Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, James Harden, and then everybody just falls in line. Will you understand that, with Kyrie being gone, that kind of heightens the possibility of injury because you're carrying more, and you have to play more, which then you're not going to be as fresh going into the playoffs. So James Harden was like, oh, no, I'm out. Forced his way to Philly for Ben Simmons, which shouts out to Jalen Rose. I don't know how the hell Ben Simmons passed a physical But then had to get surgery as soon as he went to the new team. I don't know. But back to Kyrie. Kyrie Irving, your decision not to play not only derailed the chemistry for this team or for Brooklyn because I think you only played like 23 games or something this year. Derailed the chemistry. It is a. It had a big part of you losing a major piece to the team in James Harden. Yo, James Harden, yo, there is footage. Look at Sacramento Kings game. Look at the Detroit Pistons game. James Harden quit on this team. He was like, you know what, I ain't doing this, bro. No. A lot of that was due to Kyrie Irving's just not being there. And then... By the way, I didn't, I failed to mention that uh, Brooklyn was the only team this year that did not win a playoff game. The only team that made the playoffs that didn't win a playoff game. There are teams that went to, that had to make the play in or won the play in. I think Brooklyn was one of them. Or maybe not. I don't know. But I will say that Brooklyn did not win a game in the playoffs. The only team that got swept. So that we get to prison time. Kyrie Irving was kind of holding out with the team. Putting a lot of cryptic stuff. And then without talking to anybody. You know, gives out a list. Now, this is all speculation. I I didn't hear from Kyrie's mouth, but they put out a list of six, five or six teams that he'll he'll go to, and then boom, out of nowhere, without telling them, without telling the organization, and without telling Kevin Durant, he opts in. He says, "I'm running the back." It's poor decisions all around. Poor decisions all around. And then you get to Brooklyn. Brooklyn has made huge poor decisions. Huge. I'm not just, this isn't, this whole situation is not just the Kyrie Irving problem. This, I know Stephen A. Smith said it falls on the feet of Kyrie. It's not just Kyrie. It's not just Kevin Durant. It's a three-team race. It's a three-person race. Kevin Durant, Kyrie, and the Brooklyn organization. There's a reason why there is a hierarchy and and teams you want to stay with that. My problem is, and where where Brooklyn, in my opinion, made the biggest mistake is you gave somebody that has demonstrated that they do not do well with power, the most power in the organization. Yes, you have the owner. Yes, you have the GM. But you gave Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant, you gave two players. One of which both supremely talented as players, but one of which has already has pretty much come out and said he, he doesn't want to be the, the leader. He wants to just play. He just wants to hoop. And another one who has a track record of making poor teammate decisions. You gave those two players power. And those two players immense power over the entire organization especially when you have a new head coach. We can also talk about roster construction. How you have all these players outside of Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving and we can throw in James Harden, you have players, you have I understand about the mid-level exception or whatever, but you you don't have a good roster. The roster was terrible. They had great players. Kevin Durant, Kyrie, James Harden at the time. But you didn't have a good roster. And also, it goes back to my original point. You did, what they tried to do is they tried to allow talent to supersede everything. Because Kyrie and KD are super talented players, arguably top 10 skilled, both of them, they ignored the fact that, oh, shoot, we have to build a roster. <laughs> they ignored the fact that neither one of them play defense. Kevin Durant can play defense in a good system, as we saw in Golden State, but neither one of them really played defense. In fact, the best defender that you have on that team is Nick Claxton. They, they, they saw what Kevin Durant did. You saw what Kevin Durant and Brooklyn did. Yo, they won one playoff series. in the entire time that they have been together as a team, with Kevin Durant, with Kyrie Irving the entire time, they won one playoff series. And I think they've been completely healthy for one of them, and that's the one that they won. Now, yes, I understand if Kevin Durant's big toe or pinky toe was not on the line, they could have won the finals, but they didn't. And even in that series, James Harden, his hamstring was out. He he was laboring. Kyrie Irving, he was hurt. He twisted his ankle. And it was just Kevin Durant, pretty much. So I'm with Tim Legler. Tim Legler said, yo, this is one of the most epic failures we've ever seen. I agree with Tim. When I mean, you have players, all of which no, two of two of these players, Kevin Durant, James Harden, were awarded or were selected to the all n b a seventy five seventy five greatest players of all time were selected to that team and a lot of people argue that Kyrie Irving should have been on that team and you only win one playoff series and now this has the opportunity to just go well there's already went left there's there's no i mean there's you losing. You're losing one of the greatest talents to ever play the game because of poor decisions. I don't know. I mean, uh, you heard Brooklyn. I mean, no. You heard uh, Phoenix was on. Phoenix and Miami were on top of Kevin Durant's list, which just so happened to be number one overall or number one C's last year. I think it's because you traded for Ben Simmons, I don't think that they, you know, they're going to have to do something with Bam. If if he goes to Miami, I don't think they can trade for Bam without trading Ben Simmons uh because of the contracts. As well as DeAndre Ayton, I don't think that they can do that and they're not really interested in De- DeAndre Ayton, but they're going to have to like do some three-team deals if they want to get Kevin Durant. I will say this though. And and Bobby Marks, shout out to Bobby Marks. He said this. He said, This is a this and Andrew and uh Adrian Wojnarowski. This is an interesting time, not only for Kevin Durant, but for small and big market teams. This is the first time. Kevin Durant, if you're getting Kevin Durant, you're getting he's on a four year deal. You're getting somebody this especially for small market teams, you're getting someone that you probably never would be able to get. Now you do run the risk of getting an uh uh, upset Kevin Durant And he could force his way out maybe again Who knows But he, A small market team can get Kevin Durant A Portland can get Kevin Durant uh, I don't know Any any team if Brooklyn says yes Can get Kevin Durant Yeah Washington can get Kevin Durant So I, I, It's interesting to see where he goes uh, But he will be going somewhere And I do think that Brooklyn is going to take their time because it's like, why, I mean, we need to get the right, we need, this is, this is, you'll, this is probably one of the, one of the uh, most coveted, play, well, probably one of the biggest trade or players ever that could be traded. So I can understand that the, whatever they getting, what Anthony Davis, what, what the Lakers got from Anthony Davis, put, it should be more. What you're getting for Kevin Durant should be more than what the Lakers got for Anthony Davis, so I'm I'm curious to see you know what's going to happen, but I, <laughs> poor decisions. When you look at the Brooklyn Nets and where they are now, it's poor decision. Oh, and and trust and believe, it's over with for Brooklyn and Kyrie. I know Brooklyn looks at this looked at this whole situation. And they, they, they put a lot of it on Kyrie, which I understand. So there's no way in heaven or hell I would want to play. I would I would have Kyrie play, especially if I'm an organization that blames Kyrie for what's going on here. Yeah, nah. <laughs> Kyrie's done as far as for Brooklyn. I don't know where he'll go. or I don't know whether, you know, because you opted in and, and it kind of feels like the, the market for Kyrie is very dry. I don't know where he's going. I know the Lakers are very desperate in getting Kyrie Irving uh, because they need shooting. But, of course, they're probably going to need another team or three team because, you know, the, the Russell Westbrook situation. I don't know. But I know that it's crazy that it, it, we're looking up today, and it looks like Brooklyn will be losing Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant. Mm, mm, mm. Poor, poor decisions. They always catch up. No matter when, no matter how, poor decisions will always catch up to you. And unfortunately, it is caught up for Brooklyn. So let's move forward. We're still in free agency. And, you know, some big names, Nicole Jokic, got paid to the richest contract in NBA history. I think it was like $261 million, <laughs> which, I mean, one thing I've seen is nobody, it's kind of like the the Patrick Mahomes, the uh, Patrick Mahomes deal. I think he had like 10 years for like 500 million. People, not one person that said, damn, Patrick Mahomes Patrick don't deserve that. You know, it's funny, man. You heard the entire time, like, when when the playoffs were going on and of course the Nuggets lost four one to Golden State and they also lost a year prior. And you, you just hear, yo, Joel, you know, Nicole Jokic is, is shouldn't be the MVP, this that and the third. How's the MVP losing you know only win one game? We haven't heard not one person say Nicole Jokic doesn't deserve this contract. So, it, that I think that's respect there. I mean, Nicole Jokic, he deserves it. Now, that doesn't, I think what a lot of people do is they tie X player has the biggest contract in history, means that the X player is the greatest player. No, I do think that you you, you get what you negotiate and you get what a team can offer. So, and, and, uh, I think Nicole Jokic will go down. I think he's one of the most skilled players ever, and, and he definitely deserves a two-time MVP, two back-to-back MVP. Uh, he has been the cornerstone for, you know, he's been the cornerstone for Denver. And a lot of people always put Denver as one of the teams to beat because they have Nicole Jokic. Now, of course, when Jamal Murray comes back, when Michael Porter Jr. comes back, that's that's what they're holding out hope for. But you have Nicole Jokic, who, like I said, is a two back to back MVP. Uh, he definitely deserves it. So shouts out to him. People's getting paid, man. Uh, Devin Booker got a contract. I think it was like two hundred and fourteen or fifteen million, uh, which I think is funny because a lot. Of, you heard reports that when Kevin Durant said that he wants to go to Brooklyn um, or wants to go to Phoenix, they 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 have to throw in book Devin Booker. And it was like, hold up, hold up. Let's, let's, uh, let's put, let's, 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 let's secure Devin Booker. Yeah. Four year max, uh um, 224 million. Yeah. Carl Anthony Towns got, got a big contract. He got a, what did he get? He got like 200 and something. He got the max, um, uh, who else, who else who else Zion williamson signed the rookie i think three two hundred and thirty one max from the pelicans Zach Levine signed the max uh two hundred and fifteen million dollar max from the bulls One thing I did see outside of outside of a couple of people uh players got the max that or got the amount the most amount of money that they could from to stay with their teams. Like I said, now Nicole Jokic wasn't a free agent, but neither was Devin Booker, but or neither was Cat. But you saw Cat, Devin Booker, Nicole Jokic. You saw Zion Williamson. You saw uh, Zach Levine. A lot of players. Most players stayed. Put Anthony Anthony Simon got a hundred mil. Lou Dort got like eighty five mil. I think. Um, Bobby Portis is staying with the Milwaukee Bucks. Marvin Bagley, PJ. P.J. Tucker is going to Philly, which I get his toughness, but the man's about to be 30, and you give him a three-year con I mean, 40, and he's about to be a three-year contract. Okay. Uh, Tyrus Jones, you know, 30 mil. Gary Payton, I, I know he – Gary. Actually, Golden State lost Gary Payton and lost Otto Porter Jr. But um, Nurkic, I know he signed a deal to stay with uh, Portland. So a lot of these – a lot of the big money that you've seen are – player staying now I do want to talk about <laughs> Jalen Brunson getting a hundred and four million dollars from the Knicks <laughs> again you you are what you you uh, you're worth it you can negotiate do I think does does anybody think outside of Jalen Jalen Brunson's camp in the Knicks that Jalen Brunson is worth 104 million dollars the answer to that question is no for sure not but one thing that the Knicks have struggled with is attracting playoff caliber Point guards Now, as we just saw, Jalen Brunson was big in the playoffs. I think he averaged like 22 points in the playoffs or whatever. Now, he was a little bit exposed against Golden State, but clearly Golden State won the championship. I do like to pick up for the Knicks. They also did re-sign uh, Mitchell Robinson. So, I like to pick up for the Knicks for Jalen Brunson. Of course, you bring an adult in the room. Even though you do have adults, but you do you bring like a a, play, a playoff laden uh, playoff laden point guard. Do I think that that moves the needle? Which I also think is hilarious that they signed him shortly before Kevin Durant requested to trade. So now you really can't trade. Now I understand it would be extremely difficult for the Brooklyn Nets and new york knicks to do a trade but you can't really even trade them now i mean again shout out to Jalen brunson for getting the money uh shout out for the knicks for giving him the money but i will say this 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 was a outside of like the top two or three players this was a very weak free free agency draft like again our free agency pool um Outside of Brad, outside of Zach Levine, there really wasn't too many big free agents. I mean, there really wasn't any. So, and and like I said, Brad, Brad, Zach Levine, they they stayed. So, I understand if you, you want to swing for the fences and you get Jalen Brunson, do your thing. And I, again, I do like the I do like the 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 fit. For Jalen Brunson, um, which is also crazy because they could have got Kyrie. <laughs> oh man, they could have got Kyrie. I don't know, man. Uh, but shouts out to Jalen Brunson and the Knicks uh, for signing a one hundred and four dollar deal, one hundred and four million dollar deal. Let me not disrespect that, man. <sighs> I want to address something that. Why did I say address? Like he was talking about me. <laughs> I want to. I want to talk about something that uh, Tim Leckler said about. Bradley Bill. Bradley Bill signed um the five year two hundred and what five year two hundred and fifty one million dollar contract uh to stay with the Wizards for five more years. Supermax or the Max. Which pretty much people knew he was going to do. Now, if he would have went somewhere else, it would have been four years, hundred and eighty, a hundred and ninety something million dollars. Compared to five years, 251. So there's a drastic difference. And Tim Legler said something that a lot of people have thought about Bradley Bill. I didn't realize that if Bradley Bill stays the entire five years of this contract, he would have been with the Wizards for 15 years. That's crazy. 15 years, and I think he's only been to the playoffs, what, twice? Three times? And Tim Legler said he will go, you know, he'll be playing in obscurity. He'll go down as one of the players that just play for obscurity. Now, yes, Bradley Bill is a very talented player, but I think that we've acknowledged and found out over the years that Bradley Bill is more of a complementary player than a, a focal point, meaning he's better as maybe a two. He'll probably be the greatest three in the league, but he he's a better as a two or three instead of a one. When I mean one, I mean somebody that you can build a team around like a, a Steph Curry, a, a clay, a not clay, a Kevin Durant. You know, those are ones, but it, it also goes back in, in the, you know, it also goes back to what, look, I understand that Washington kind of did themselves a disservice. If and, and I, I do agree with I think Zach Lowe when he said if Washington was gonna trade Bradley Bill, they should have done it two years ago when he was, you know, leading the league or back to back years leading the league in points. Like he was his stock is at an all-time high. Now it's really hard to trade for him because the massive contract that he has. And people know that he's not really a one. He's making one money, but he's not made not really a one. Uh so I understand Washington had to do this. Washington is a small market team. is a team that you're not really going to attract big players. So when you have a player like Bradley Bill, you're going to want to keep him. You should try to keep him. So I get that. But what I think a lot of people don't understand or f- fail to understand is a lot of people, and I'm not saying this is Bradley Bill, but a lot of players' motive is not win a championship. It's to collect the most amount of money you can. And Bradley Bill sure as hell is doing that Now Bradley Bill still is a, re- a really good player You can argue top 20, top 25 player in the league But to, I, mean, I don't make nearly My yearly salary is n- is not nearly as much as an NBA contract So I, But I couldn't imagine turning down 251 million dollars now of course they could trade him. They could they could trade him. He could request a trade, you know. So we'll see how it is. But shouts out to Bradley Bill for signing with Washington. I think as a Washington fan, you're happy. Like I'm a Washington fan, clearly I'm from D C. Uh you're happy that Bradley Bill staying, but you also understand unless they find a way to get like a Kevin Durant, you know. <laughs> Got Bradley Bill, so. Yeah, Kristaps Porzingis, got Kyle Kuzma. They did uh, get Will Barton and Monte Morris, or not Monte Morris, uh, the the guard from Denver Morris. I thought that was pretty good, but, you know, we'll see. But shouts out to free agency, man. It's still going on, of course. We'll have to figure out or see what's going on or what happens with uh, Bradley Bill. I'm uh, not Bradley Bill. With Kevin Durant. He is that's a big domino piece now, so we'll see. But move forward. It's crazy that I've been talking for damn near an hour, probably longer than an hour, and we're just getting to the USC UCLA story, which is them moving from the Pac twelve going to the Big Ten. Now, people ask why? Money. That's that's the only reason. Money and recruiting. The Big Ten is one of the you know Big Ten, the Big Ten is one of the 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 prime uh, conferences that recruit on the West Coast. When you have you know Maryland, Michigan, Michigan State, uh, Ohio State, those teams are you know those are the teams that a lot a lot of their players come from the West Coast. So. And if you look, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Maryland, Michigan, Minnesota, Nebraska, Northwestern, and most of Purdue, Rutgers, most of those teams are in one region. So you go to the Big Ten, who is about to, by the way, get a huge contract from you know TV deals. You now you have two West Coast teams, and a lot of these schools recruit from the west coast that just that's it's a win-win for ucla and and michigan i mean ucla and usc now i do think that of course you understand that it's for money you understand that it's for viewership you understand that you know now that they go to the big 10 and the big Ten's about to get this huge uh this huge contract from tv deals uh it's going to be it it's UCLA and USC were the were the quote unquote gold standard of the Pac-12. Just like Texas and um Texas and damn I forgot the other team. Texas and and, and Oklahoma were the where the the mainstays at the, uh, for the Big 12. Now What you're starting to see is, and I think Kurt kind of uh, alluded to it. You're starting to see the, the 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 big two, the big two, which is the Big Ten and the SEC. It doesn't matter the the recent amount of success or the recent lack of success, because if you can look, if you look, USC hasn't been that successful recently. UCLA hasn't been that successful recently. And honestly, Oklahoma. I mean, they did have Kyler Murray, they did have Baker Mayfield, but they haven't really won anything. And Texas ain't really been; they just been riding on name alone. But even still, even with their lack of success, USC and UCLA were was the goat. The, the 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 most popular teams in the Pac twelve. They even with Oregon, how successful Oregon's been recently. They US, USC and UCLA were was the money makers for the Pac-12. Even with TCU being good, Baylor being good recently, Texas and Oklahoma were was the money makers for the Big 12. And now that you're seeing those two, you know USC and UCLA going to the Big Ten, and you see Texas and Oklahoma going to the SEC. It's, 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 it's hard to see how there isn't going to be more movement. There isn't going to be, you know, of course, we're waiting to see what happens with Notre Dame. So, and Notre Dame is independent, of course, in football. Now, I, knew, I do know that their uh, alliance or their, their alliance, I guess, is with the ACC, seeing as though the basketball and every other sport in Notre Dame is ACC. But with the football, they could pretty much buy their way out of that but it's it's starting to go to a big 2 which is the big 10 in the SEC because i don't know unless another team comes out of nowhere but or multiple teams come out of nowhere i don't see how the pac 12 survives i don't see how the big 10 i mean i mean the the big 12 they did get uh some more teams but i, I regionally i mean you get two teams from the west coast now <sighs> This is huge for college football, man. This is huge for recruiting. This is huge for money-wise. This is huge. The, the two most profitable Pac-12, school, Pac-12 schools or teams just left. The two most profitable Big 12 teams left. What do you think is going to happen after that? Now I'm not saying it's only gonna be the big two as Big Ten and Big or or SEC, but that's what it's starting to look like. This is huge, bro. This is huge for recruiting. This is huge money-wise. This is this is huge for the conferences that are being left. Like I said, I mean the Pac-12 said that they're shocked and like disappointed. Hell yeah, they are. You just lost your two biggest revenue. It doesn't matter if they haven't been good for a while. You just lost your two biggest revenue. Revenue, schools. Everyone knows about UCLA. Everyone knows about USC. Those, man, look. This is also big for, for Big Ten schools. Like, yeah, you have Michigan and, and Ohio State, but recruiting-wise, now you have uh, two huge players in SEC. I mean, no two huge players in US, USC and UCLA. Now UCLA and USC about to understand what it's like playing in in <laughs> playing in in snow. But this is huge for recruiting, clearly. So this is a big seismic move. It wasn't for Kevin Durant saying what he or you know Kevin Durant requesting a trade. This would be this would be a bigger story. Of course, you have to see what happens moving forward, but. This is big. This is big. This is big. So I don't see even with, you know, Oregon and and, and other teams, I don't I don't see how the the Pac twelve is already on its I'm not gonna say last leg, but already leaps and bounds behind the SEC and the in the um in the big 10 as far as revenue as far as popularity a lot of their games come on at 10:30 at night on the east coast so it's, so they don't even get the same amount of visibility so you lose your two biggest schools and you're already struggling with visibility you're already struggling with recruiting you're already struggling with viewership you're already struggling to to keep up with the Big Ten who has Michigan, who has Michigan State, who has Ohio State. You're already struggling keeping up with the SEC who has or uh, Alabama, who has Auburn, who has Georgia, who just won a national championship. And then you lose your two biggest schools. I, I don't know. Just like I'm not I'm not sure how the Big Twelve is gonna fare once it's official that the that Texas and Oklahoma officially break off and go into SEC. It's going to, it's, 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 I don't know how, you know, the Pac 12 or or Big 12 survive after that. We'll see clearly, but don't be surprised if a lot more teams from the Pac 12 and from the Big 10 merge and go other places because they just can't, they can't sustain. So we'll see. Uh, And lastly, before we go, shouts out to Daniel Cormier and Khabib for being inducted in the UFC Hall of Fame. Uh, Daniel Cormier is one of the most decorated fighters, in and Khabib, a lot of people have him in discussion as greatest UFC fighters of all time. So it's definitely you know rightfully so that they get inducted into uh, or in, into the Hall of Fame. That's you know that sees John uh, was it John Bones Jones I think's in it, uh, George Saint Pierre he's in it, Roy Jones not Roy Jones Jr. I forgot homie's name, but shouts out to Daniel Cormier and Khabib for being inducted into the UFC Hall of Fame. Definitely, uh, definitely deserving of it. So there you have it, man. That's been today's episode of the Unpopular Podcast. I appreciate you guys. If you want a popular podcast shirt, hoodie, sweater, long sleeve joggers, the link is description below. I have multiple different colors, multiple different designs. Get your Unpopular Podcast merch today. Hey, you won't regret it. Also, please subscribe to every you're listening. Please subscribe to every you're watching. I'm trying to get the algorithms going. I'm trying to get more people to listen to the Unpopular Podcast to watch it. And I can't do it without you guys' help. Please share. Please like. Please comment. We'll have, you know, I, I talk to everybody that's in the comments. Uh, you know, just try to get the algorithms going. And I appreciate you guys for that. And until next time, much love. It's too hard.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. Now this the hot shit. Jimmy snucker off the top rope. Super fly shit. Might get in the tub with all my ice on some pock shit. Either way, you slice the bottom line on the top, bitch. You should know I rock it. Twist it, made it. even out yet. for this jury at the. breakfast still might slide on the op it's electric hating didn't work so they lied so they lied these bitches looking hurt and they fried and they fried
2: Nerd. This that block music, this that drop location, drop a op music. Man, this ain't for them niggas in the house, this shit for Glock, you. And don't talk down no treasure souls who know to be a cock, you. This that peel talk, gotta bust his head, he cut on op music. Who said you game? Who said you could come around this bitch and hang? And I fucked your baby mama, mama, and I ain't say a thing. They just came outside in 2020, pull up in that 21. I pick my size, switches fully. Then I'ma die for 21. I got plenty cars, I hit plenty stars, and then it come. I said it plenty times, I pay for bodies, I ain't pay for none. You think I'm finna leave my bitch for you? She fucked Future too. I know that Vaughn hit her, she put up on my block and Jimmy Choose. Shmurk.
1: Ooh, ooh, check's coming fast, sound like swoosh. ooh, ooh, ooh give him two. 800 proof. I thought I killed two hoes before. It must be deja vu. It's either that or I'm catching body number
2: two. Piggy swear you ain't scared when you heard yeah appear I'ma hop about the bushes, me and pusher kill you, man. I'm just saying I start to get used to the pain. Till one day I said, fuck it, brought my masseuse on the plane. Why you playing? Reaching the game, losing hand. Where you stand? Where was Jay at? Where was them at? Where you done that? Where you live at? Another headline. Where you had at? Nigga, go home. Where your kids at? They be on my nerve. They be on my nerve. Mm-mm. When we lost Verge, I was on the verge. Mm-mm. I just hit the Louis store. Had the mm. We just made a silent movie with no words. Mm. Guess who toppin' now? Uh, God got me now. Uh. Guess who see? in Lansiaga? Guess who shopping now? Uh, they can't stop me now. Uh, I've been poppin' now. Uh. Cardi, where your sister at? I need him. Mm, mm. I flew in and out, 150,000, mm, mm Now even when they shout, gotta shout me out So ahead, go ahead, mm-mm even close, all of y'all is number two Ooh,
1: checks coming fast, sound like swoosh Ooh, give them to them straight, 100 proof I thought i killed two hoes before, it must be deja vu It's either that or I'm catching body number two